RC. See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. I gave you fair warning. Y'all ready? I gave you fair warning. Beware. I went mic on the mic. What's up, the brand new one time for your mind? He gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Reppin' for the West, see the palms in the logo. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. You are listening to episode 7 of the Mike on the Mic Sports Podcast. I am Mike, and I am on the brand new mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. That is right. What is up, everyone? How's your week been? I had a great week. Today is my two-year wedding anniversary, so everyone can applaud to that. Yep, yep, I made it two years. My wife got me this brand new microphone. For those of you that are on the live stream, I'm live streaming this right now. You see the brand new microphone, it's beautiful, and I'm sure it sounds beautiful into the mic. I can already see the waves in the intro as it's recording, and it just looks so much better than my old microphone. Everything was so small, and it was really hard to hear my actual voice. I could tell this microphone's already doing wonders. So thank you, Rosemary. Everyone can thank my wife. Go ahead and message her and thank her if you know her (laughs) for helping the show out. She's always been a big supporter of the show. Anyways, I have another awesome show for you today. Uh, A couple topics as I do every week. I'm going to go through and I'm going to pick every single game this week again. Me, Joe Morley Sports, Piggy Bank Picks, the Robson Sportscast, and what offseason sports are all competing to see who can get the most games right throughout the NFL season. And it's going to be me. I'm down one game. First week was kind of rough. We went 10 and 6. Not too bad. Um, The upsets kind of hurt us. I'm going to get more into that. And then secondly, I'm going to talk about the conference finals and let's talk about them Clippers. I'll hold off. I'll hold off. You guys are going to hear a lot of Clippers hate. So just warning you now, if you're a Clippers fan, I'm going to rant about the Clippers. Moving on to the final topic, I'm going to talk about a few situations in the NFL in week one. And if it is time to hit the panic button or to relax, as the bad man Aaron Rodgers would say, Talk about Tom Brady and a couple other situations, the Browns. We'll see what I have to say at the end of the show. But anyways, thanks for tuning in. First off, NFL Pick'ems. Topic one, let's go. Week one of the NFL is in the books. And what an exciting week one it is. There was a lot of close games. There were some not-so-close games. There were some surprise teams, some surprise victors in week one. Overall, I'm just super excited to have football back. Last week in the predictions, we went 10-6, and six, which isn't terrible, but I like to stay around 12-4, and 11-5. And, and if we have weeks where we just absolutely kill it, you know, 13-3 and three or 14-2. and two. So going forward, you know, the more and more we get into the season, the more and more we'll know about each team and the better we will do in these predictions. I don't know if the rest of my competition can do it. Again, I'm competing in the NFL Pick'ems with a couple other sports podcasts at Piggy Bank Picks, my old rival, be in the flag football game, yada, yada, yada. I've already bragged about that a hundred times. I'll brag about it again somewhere else or maybe next week on the show. 
I beat him on the field, and I'll beat him again off the field. He's in last right now, by the way, in the pickums. With the Robson Sportscast, good friend of mine. I love Robson. I went on his show last weekend, and the file got corrupted. I'm going to try and go on his show again this weekend. Very good show if you want to go check him out, at the Robson Sportscast on Instagram. And you can find him on Apple's Podcast and Spotify. You can find all these guys on Apple Podcast and Spotify, at Joe Morley Sports. He's a Raiders fan. We all know how we feel about Raiders fans. But I let him pass because he's a cool guy, in my opinion. At least, he's all right. He's all right. And we're competing against at what offseason sports that guy's an awesome dude. He's a brainiac when it comes to sports, man. If you guys want to go check him out, I believe it's at the What Offseason Sports Podcast on Instagram. If you type in What Offseason Sports, you'll find it. Also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So here we go. Getting into my week two NFL pick em, starting with Thursday Night Football. We got the Bengals going to Cleveland, not too far from their own home, to play the Browns. A lot of people are saying that travel's an issue here. Um, I've seen that on a couple different shows already, big-time shows. I don't think they're realizing that the Bengals just played in Cincinnati. (laughs) So they're staying in the same state. Travel's not going to be an issue here. It just comes down to which team's going to get out of this rut that both teams have been in for however many years they've been in this rut. Uh, It's going to be a good game. It's a division rival matchup. Last week, the Browns played the Ravens, and it's hard to really get a gauge on the Browns just because the Ravens are so good. And... Man, the Ravens just put it to them. They just put it to them straight up from start to finish. The Ravens dominated that game. I believe they were up 24-6 to six or something at halftime and just continued the punishment into the, the second half. Baker Mayfield, man. Baker Mayfield in his first game of the season did not look good. He just did not look good. I watched a little bit of that game, and I just saw a couple of the throws, and he's doing the same stuff he was doing last year. He's throwing off his back foot unnecessarily. He's getting out of the pocket when the pocket is there, and he's getting uh, – trying too hard to make plays happen and just let instead of just letting the game come to him naturally like all great quarterbacks do I don't know if it's the coaching or at this point I think it might just be Baker at this point it's got to be Baker Mayfield man he is looking awful there in, in Cleveland and they have such a talented offense so I don't know what what the problem is they got to figure it out I think the key is going to be just to to rely on your game plan of running the ball. You got two great running backs. They did okay against Baltimore, but you need to double down on that. A lot of screens, uh, sweeps, draws, whatever you got to do, just get the ball in the hands of those two star running backs because Baker Mayfield is struggling to get the ball down the field. And whenever you try and drop back and throw the ball down the field, it seems like it's not resulting in good results. Um, You got Odell and Jarvis Landry, and neither one of them break 100 yards. That's, That's not a good sign going into the season to start. The Bengals, they struggled in their own. But, you know, Joe Burrow, he looked calm, at least I will say. A lot of people are freaking out saying that Joe Burrow uh, looked like a vet in his first game. I wouldn't necessarily say that. There definitely was some mistakes. Um, there was one play where he just pitched the ball straight to Melvin Ingram, our defensive end, the Chargers defensive end. There was another play where he tried to scramble around and got destroyed by Joey Bosa and fumbled. Um, so definitely wasn't what everyone's saying is a veteran performance i believe he had about 200 yards passing he had that one run that he broke off and scored on but other than that the the Bengals offense could not move the ball on the chargers the Bengals defense on the other hand looked way better than we thought uh, they were going to be this year last year they were awful against the run game and they actually slowed austin eckler down josh kelly did okay but for the most part they slowed austin eckler the premier back down this is a tough pick both teams coming off of losses, coming off of you know poor performances offensively. I'm going to take the Browns. 
because the Bengals are so young and the turnaround going from Sunday to Thursday, I think is going to be tough on Joe Burrow and tough on that young team. I think the Browns have more talent. And I think that's unarguable that the Browns have more talent. They just got to play. They just got to play. At a certain point, they just got to play. And I'm going to take the Browns to narrowly beat the Bengals on Thursday Night Football this week. Send them to one-on-one. Send the Bengals own two. Moving on to the next game, first game of Sunday. The New York Giants are going to Chicago to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears got so lucky last week to have beat the Lions, and I picked the Bears, so thank God they pulled that off. The Bears looked okay offensively. Um, Mitch on the stat sheet, you know, he looked okay. But overall, when I watched the game, I saw the problems that Mitch has still. I still saw them, especially in the first half. So it's not completely good. Don't don't get too excited yet, Bears fans. Y'all should be 0-1 right now. The Giants, on the other hand, they're just a super young squad. And going against a team like the Steelers last week, it was just tough for them. To, and no one really expected them to come out on top. They played it close throughout the first half, but kind of just took off over time. Uh, the Steelers did. The Steelers showed why uh, they're going to be a really good team this year. I think they're going to be a high-end wild card. The Ravens are just going to be too good. I think they'll be fourteen and two or thirteen and three. With the Steelers at like eleven and five, maybe even twelve and four if they really, really play well. The Giants fell to them. I don't really fault them. I blame that on their youth. I don't think uh, the Giants are going to have a crazy successful year in the win column. But you're going to see the talent start to show. You're going to see Darius Slayton break out. You're going to see Saquon. Obviously, he's a legend. By the way, I saw Saquon trying to hurdle everyone. Chill out, Saquon. Dude, you're going to jump and you're going to get blown up in midair. You don't got to hurdle everyone. You Lower the shoulder, dude. Jeez, be careful, please. We love you, Saquon. Do not risk everything trying to hurdle five people every game. Going as far as you know the, the Giants going to Chicago and beating the Bears, I'm not going to bet on that because I think the Bears' defense is still very good. And I think the Bears are going to step up this game. I think they're going to beat the Giants uh, pretty soundly, maybe a 10-point difference. Giants are just too young, too young to travel into Chicago and beat the Bears, in my opinion. I think the Bears are going to be a very shaky 2-0 team. Weird, you know, going into that division. you got the Packers and the Vikings battling, you know, at the top, and the Bears, I think, are going to be 2-0. I'm predicting them to be 2-0 right now. We'll see how that goes for the rest of the year. Moving on, we got the Rams, who just got a big victory over the Cowboys, going to Philadelphia to, beat the e- to face the Eagles. <laughs> to beat the Eagles. To face the Eagles in Philadelphia. The Eagles are going to get it together this game. Last game, the O-line was abysmal, or the or the Washington football team's D-line was amazing. One of the two. I don't know which one it is. We're going to find out this week because, you know, the Washington football team had their hands full going into Arizona, and the Eagles had their hands full, you know, playing the Rams. So the Rams have a good defense. That's the one thing they established this, this last game against the Cowboys. Their defense is still legit. While I predicted the Rams to have a really bad year, just because I saw a lot of guys leave, I didn't see much come in. They paid Jalen Ramsey the big contract. Not that I don't like Jalen Ramsey. I just don't think the Rams are in a situation right now where they're paying big contracts. They're trying to get out from under big contracts from the past already. I still think the Rams are going to have a rough year just because that division's really tough. I'll take Arizona to, to beat the Rams when they play each other. I'll take San Francisco to beat the Rams, and I'll take Seattle to beat the Rams. So I still think they're going to have a tough year. Uh, despite beating the Cowboys in week one. A little bit of a surprise to me, a little bit of a surprise to some. In this specific game, I think the Eagles are going to pull together. I think this was a nice wake-up call for them, what happened in Washington last week. And I think the Eagles are going to pull this out. I think the Eagles are going to narrowly beat the Rams, maybe 21-17 or 21-20. It's going to be a close game, but I'm going to take the Eagles to beat the Rams in Philadelphia. Moving on to the next game, it is Mike's game of the week. Da-da-da-da-da, whatever, you know, uh, 
theme song you want to do. If you ain't following us on TikTok, I just started my TikTok page and I've been making some cool little uh, graphics and videos and putting them together on TikTok and having some fun with it, making my voice sound like a, my, a mouse and stuff. So if you guys want to go check it out, it's at Mike on the Mic Sports on TikTok. Anyways, Mike's game of the week. Atlanta is going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Both teams played, you know, tough opponents last week and fell to them. <laughs> Cowboys, you know, surprisingly lost to the Rams. I thought the Cowboys were going to win that game. I think the offense has a lot of firepower, and I thought that that was going to show a lot in that game against the Rams, who just kind of lost a lot in free agency trying to get it together. But we saw a slow start for the Cowboys last week as they lost to the Rams. They couldn't get it going on offense like we thought they would. Amari Cooper, again, inconsistent as he always is. It's a tough pick this week, you know, as far as Falcons playing the Cowboys because the Falcons themselves have their own super offense, but also struggling to stop teams on defense. Seattle blew them up last week. And, of course, Falcons playing from behind. They put up a lot of points and they put up a lot of yards on the stat sheet but ended up in a loss. It's kind of what you're going to see from the Falcons all year this year. I am going to take the Cowboys in this game. I think it's going to take a little bit for Mike McCarthy to get rolling with this squad. I underestimated the fact they have a new coach. They have a new system in place. Working with Dak. I underestimated that last week when I said that the Cowboys were going to beat the Rams pretty soundly. And they ended up losing to the Rams. I think that the Cowboys get it together this week um, and put together a win over the Falcons. It's going to be a similar thing. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Both both teams are going to put up a lot of points, and the Falcons are going to be playing from behind and put up a lot on the stat sheet, but ultimately are going to go 0-2. The Cowboys moving on to 1-1. It's just got too much. They got too much for back-to-back weeks to choke. But then again, it is the Cowboys, so it could happen. But I'm taking the Cowboys as my pick to beat the Falcons in Dallas. Moving on. Carolina is traveling to Tampa in a divisional rivalry game. Woo-wee. Here we go. Tampa Bay just lost. They just got their butts kicked by the New Orleans Saints. And Carolina just put up, yeah, they played a really good game. Put up a really good fight against the Raiders. But ultimately, the Raiders ended up coming out on top narrowly in a high-scoring shootout. I didn't expect the Panthers to be able to score that many points. I did expect the Raiders' offense to be good, but I expected it to balance out. When it comes to this game, it's going to be tough. Tampa just coming off that loss in New Orleans. Tom Brady didn't look good. Uh, overall, the offense just didn't look good. No one has a good defense, though. So I'm not going to just jump off the cliff and say that, you know, Tampa is not going to be any good this year. I still think they're going to be good. I picked them last year. It was a dumb pick. I should have picked the Saints. It was by heart. My gut trying to make a gutsy call, and it just it was a bad pick. Uh, my brain told me to pick the Saints all the way, and I didn't. Um, you know, the, Tampa's trying to get into the flow of things. They're a brand new team. A whole bunch of new faces coming together. No preseason So I think that they're going to get it together this week. The Panthers are good. They're decent. They're just not the team that is going to take down Tom Brady in this super offense. They're they're going to be the worst team in that division, and they're just going to keep losing close games, and it's going to suck for them. Teddy's going to keep them in the game. You just you need that firepower to win the game. And I think DJ Moore can be that one day, but he just isn't that right now. Christian McCaffrey obviously is a legend, but there's only so much one man can do. We saw it last year. I'm going to take Tampa in Tampa to beat the Carolina Panthers. Moving on, we got San Francisco traveling to New York. San Francisco got popped in the mouth. Straight up popped in the mouth last week by the Arizona Cardinals. And guess who called it? Mike Stradamus himself right here. I did take the Cardinals to win that game just because I'm really high on the Cardinals. And I think San Fran is a bit overrated. Now, I've been saying it all offseason. San Fran had a bunch of guys overperform last year. And betting on 15 guys to overperform again this year 
you know, I'm going to take the under on that one. And I think Arizona, honestly, overall is a more complete team. San Francisco has the chemistry. I think Arizona is a more complete team. If they can get that chemistry, they're going to be dangerous this year. And you saw a glimpse of it when they upset San Francisco this weekend. Got that pick right last week. Missed a couple other upsets, obviously. But going into New York to play the Jets, the Jets are just a bad team. The Jets are just awful. San Francisco is going to beat the crap out of them. The Jets are just not good. Uh, it's just that simple. Um, Sam Darnold, we don't know if he's good or not because he's never had a weapon. He's never had anyone to throw the ball to. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, we don't know if he's healthy. He's hamstring issue, played last week, but now there's problems. So we don't know what's going on there. I know Adam Gase is trying to keep it all together, but every single week, every single day, I get news out of the Jets organization that there's some drama between Adam Gase and someone on the team, or Adam Gase did something. So Adam Gase is just not running a good show down there, and I don't even know if he's going to make it to midseason, honestly. San Francisco's beating them handedly. Moving on, Denver traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. This is a tough break for Denver because last week, you know, they played the Titans, and, you know, Cortland Sutton and Von Miller got injured right before the game was about to be uh, played. Tough, tough break for the Broncos going into that game. That was a big game for them. Both teams looked really bad, uh, especially offensively. I saw a mistake on almost every play by someone uh, throughout the entire game. Just watching the game, I was just like, holy smokes, no preseason is showing here. I don't even have to bring up the Titans missed kicks or the Broncos fumbles and overthrows in the red zone. Just... Overall, a real sloppy game, and the Titans are very fortunate to have come out on top in that one, just barely by the chin on their chin chin. And kind of lucky, honestly, that they got another chance to kick the game-winning field goal there and that they made it. Broncos played it tough. Broncos defense surprised me. The Broncos defense played amazing, and they're going to give the Steelers a little bit of fits. But overall, the Steelers are just a better team. Defensively, they showed how good they were against the Giants, kind of shut them down a little bit, came after Saquon, came after Danny Dimes offensively big ben shows that he's not really regressed too much in the season that he missed um we'll see if that continues throughout the season but i think the steelers are overall the better team than the broncos especially when the broncos are dealing with so many injuries the broncos are super young and i like jerry judy and i like Cortland sutton and i like drew Locke. i like the running backs just really young you know and and they're still building and the defense is playing really good surprisingly with all the injuries they've had so overall the broncos have a really bright future but this season uh, I think I may have predicted them a little high before the season started because I could see the problems with having such a young team. They're making a lot of mistakes. No preseason is going to hurt the Broncos. This first four to eight weeks of the season is going to be super tough for them to get very many victories. I'm taking the Steelers to beat them in Pittsburgh. Moving on, Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans. Wow, what the Jaguars last week? Let's talk about that. It was a classic Philip Rivers mistake <laughs> to throw those those interceptions towards the end of that game against Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew balled. And I've been saying that I think Gardner Minshew is actually good. And it sucks that the Jaguars are trying to tank because they're going to ruin the man's career. They're going to ruin the man's career. He's going to leave and be a backup somewhere for the rest of his life. And it sucks. <laughs> it sucks because I like Gardner Minshew. And he showed this week why I like him. The dude has a lot of heart. He plays so hard. He's someone that I would like, you know, on my team as a leader especially and he, he he brings up everyone around him you know the Jaguars don't have nothing they have literally nothing but DJ Chark who's young and has a lot of, a lot to improve on and Gardner Minshew right now that's all they have everyone else is gone and the fact that they're still winning games is ridiculous especially to a team like the Colts who had such high hopes and had a really good offseason so good to see the Jaguars win that game good for them um, no one saw it coming I didn't see it coming either I'll be honest but 
going into Tennessee to play the Titans. The Titans are still a good football team despite how bad they looked on Monday night. Really, they looked bad because of kicking woes. They can get that together. That would have been a blowout win. That you know they they missed out on what nine, ten points, three field goals, an extra point. That's ten points. That game should have been twenty six to fourteen or twenty six to thirteen, whatever it was. Uh, I think it was sixteen fourteen. So it should have been twenty six to 14 but instead it was 16 to 14 because of missed kick so if the titans can fix that i think they're going to be okay and i think they are going to get it together this week it is steven goskowski he was in his own head he needs to get out of his head or they just need to get a different kicker that simple and the titans are going to beat the jaguars in tennessee uh but it may be closer it may be closer than i originally thought because jaguars played good last week can't deny it <laughs> just can't deny it. Gardner Minshew carried him he carried him to a victory Moving on, another division rivalry matchup. We got the Detroit Lions traveling to Green Bay to play the Packers. And the Lions should have won last week. <laughs> they would have pissed me off because I switched my pick from the Lions to the Bears to the last second. Lions came down to the, to the goal line and a big mistake by DeAndre Swift cost, literally cost them the game. So they should be 1-0 right now going into Green Bay to play the Packers. The Packers showed why Aaron Rodgers is called that bad man. Down there in Green Bay. Holy smokes, that man is still playing at an MVP level, and it is crazy to think about. I love Devontae Adams. He's such a great weapon. But other than Devontae Adams, that's it. That's all Aaron Rodgers has to get the ball to that can get the ball down the field. Aaron Jones is good out of the backfield. But overall, the Packers are Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. And the Lions defense is not going to be able to handle that. So as long as the Packers defense can just slow the Lions offense down, which I like the Lions offense. I like Matthew Stafford. I like Marvin Jones. Sucks Kenny Galladay is kind of uh, wishy-washy with the injuries. But overall, you know, I like Swift other than that last play. Uh, Adrian Peterson looked good in that game. Overall, I think the Packers are going to be able to slow down the Lions, especially in Lambeau, enough to where Aaron Rodgers is just going to go off again. The Lions defense isn't very good. They just lost Darius Slay in the offseason, and Aaron Rodgers is just going to go off again. If you have Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, congratulations. You probably got him really late in the draft, and he's going to have another big year this year. Low interceptions is the key with him. As long as he doesn't throw any interceptions, the Packers are going to win most games. And they're going to be a 12 or 13 win team again this season. Moving on, we got the Buffalo Bills, another divisional rivalry matchup. Going into Miami to play the Miami Dolphins, and I thought the Dolphins were going to be better. I actually picked the Dolphins to beat the Patriots narrowly last week. I really thought the Dolphins were going to be better. I should have seen it coming. Bill Belichick knows how to use Cam Newton. I was iffy on that, if he was even going to know how to use him. Bill Belichick changed the entire offense for Cam Newton. That is how I know. Whoever's tuning in, if you've been watching the show at all, I've been saying since day one, Jerry Stidham is not the guy. The reason I know that is because the entire offense was designed around Cam Newton this week. So it's just more evidence that Jared Stidham was never the plan for the long term in the New England Patriots organization. Anyways, we're talking about the Dolphins' bills here. Uh, Dolphins are way worse than I thought they were going to be. Defense played okay, though. They slowed the Patriots down. The offense, not so much. I don't know if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or what it is. Devontae Parker's like... He's injured, you know, he's playing injured or he's going to be out this week. I don't know. The Dolphins overall just don't have a very good offense going right now. And Tua is going to be that spark later on in the season. But they're just kind of holding off, making sure he's healthy, making sure he's ready. They know that this is not the year that they expect to make a run. So they're just trying to play it cautious, which I think is a smart move for the Dolphins. They're going to go 0-2 this week and lose to the Bills. The Bills played great last week. They dominated the Jets as I expected them to. And the Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen connection 
is dangerous, as I predicted. I think they're a perfect pairing for each other. Stephon Diggs is really good down the field, and Josh Allen is going to be throwing some bombs. As long as he can stay accurate, the Bills are going to be good this year. I think they're going to win that division. So I'm taking the Bills to beat the Dolphins in Miami. No surprise there. Moving on, we got the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Indianapolis to play the Colts. This is tough for the Colts. The Colts needed that win last week because now they have a little bit of a tough schedule. Uh, the Colts lost to the Jaguars last week. Phillip Rivers, classic Phillip Rivers, as I've seen so many times being a Chargers fan. Phillip Rivers, at the end of the game, threw big interceptions that would end up costing the Colts the game. Phillip Rivers is that kind of guy, man. He's going to sling it. And at the end of the game, he's either going to throw a pick or he's going to throw the game-winning touchdown. That's the options, you know what I mean? And the Colts saw the pick side of it. Maybe they'll see the touchdown side of it in the future. I still think the Colts are a really good team overall. And I think that that last week was just kind of a smack in the mouth. And they're going to beat the teams they should beat. They're going to beat the bad teams this year. And I think that's why the Colts are going to be a wild card team. But the Vikings, I don't know. I don't know if that's a team they should beat. The Vikings are very good all around. They have a good defense. They have a good offense. Although it didn't really show last week that they had a good defense, I still think the Vikings' defense is good. It's just the Packers' offense is so good, basically because of Aaron Rodgers, really. Aaron Rodgers is, is an absolute beast, and he's going to play an MVP level probably for a couple more seasons. They end up crawling back into that game a little bit offensively, and it's good to see Kirk Cousins clicking with his receivers, especially Adam Thielen. I think that the Vikings are going to win this game. They're just overall a better team. Um, and the more experienced team in these situations. You know, both teams are 0-1 going into Week 2. I think the Vikings have the advantage here, and it sucks for the Colts. They're going to be 0-2 to start the season with such high expectations on this season. But going with the Vikings. Moving on, Washington football team. Wow. Going to Arizona to play the Arizona Cardinals, who also pulled off an upset. Both these teams pulled off upsets last week. I called the Arizona Cardinals beating the 49ers. I just want everyone to know that. I feel like I, I think I was the only one to call it. I think Robson might have picked the Cardinals also, but I like the Cardinals. All around, I think they're a good team. They have good receivers. DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. Andy Isabella is a little underrated. It's their, he's their wide receiver four, but he gets in there sometimes. Kenny Drake, he does it on the ground. He does enough <laughs> to keep that play action going well. Kyler Murray, he's an absolute weapon. Kyler Murray's going to be a beast this year, and he's going to be a beast in his career. I think he's like a little bit of Russell Wilson. It's coming. It's coming. The Cardinals are going to be good. Offensively, they're real good. Defensively, still some questions because they're just real young on defense. But they played really good last week. Uh, you know, you got Chandler Jones. He's not young. He's a beast. He's he's established in this league. He's one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, some people think he's the best pass rusher in the NFL. So he is uh, the, the centerpiece of that defense. They drafted Isaiah Simmons. He's a rookie. I'm excited to see how he does this year. I think he's a rookie of the year candidate for defense. They got Buda Baker for the long term. While everyone's up in arms, Buda Baker isn't the best safety in the NFL. He's 24. He might be the best safety in the NFL one day. He's playing at a very high level, especially in, in week one. And then also they got Byron Murphy outside. I think that guy's a beast. They need to make sure they hold on to him. Cardinals are all around, have a good player at every position, at every spot on the team. And I think it's going to show this season. The Cardinals could sneak into the wild card this year. But I definitely think you're going to see the Cardinals win some games that you might not expect them to win at the beginning of the season. So just look out for that. Washington football team showing why defense is one of the most important parts of your team. Absolutely wrecked Carson Wentz and the Eagles, man. The defensive line got after him. Man, holy smokes. I mean, I expected the defense to be good, but I didn't know they were going to do all that. <laughs> we'll see if they can do that with Kyler Murray, though. Kyler Murray is going to have a little bit more escapability than Carson has. And while the Cardinals O-line isn't much better than the Eagles, I think that Kyler Murray's ability to get away from those 
uh, pass rushes, at least to get the ball thrown away and not fumble or throw a pick, is going to help the Cardinals beat the Washington football team in Week 2, sending them to 1-1 one and, one, and the Cardinals to 2-0, and oh, which would be great because you know I predict the Cardinals to be one of the breakout teams this year. Washington football team, as far as you know, their offense goes, I think they're going to struggle. Uh, t- defensively, though, I think they're still going to slow the Cardinals down. I think this game is going to be tight. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be low scoring, uh, even though that you know the Cardinals obviously had DeAndre Hopkins. So in a terrible situation where Kyler Murray just does have to throw it up, at least he's throwing it up to the best receiver in football. Baltimore Ravens traveling to Houston to play the Texans, and all the worries of DeAndre Hopkins being traded. It all showed in that game on Thursday night last week. They had a lot of time to try and work on it and fix some things, and I think they'll look a little better offensively, but they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, and it's tough that you play the Chiefs week one and the Ravens week two. You're basically asking to start 0-2, and if the Texans would have won even one of these two games, then that would be a really, really, really bright spot in the start of their season. Deshaun Watson clearly is panicking, and it sucks because he's such a good talent, and he has no one to throw the ball to. You can see after the ball is snapped, you can see Deshaun Watson panicking. You can see Deshaun Watson looking down the field trying to find someone, and there's just no separation because these guys that they have are a bunch of wide receiver twos that they put together, and there's no wide receiver one that is breaking the defense open to allow them to get open. So overall, they got some problems there. Maybe they can trade for Allen Robinson. I mean, that, that's what I would be looking at if I was the Texans. Allen Robinson kind of wants out of Chicago. He's been saying it probably for like the last two or three years and just hasn't had a trade happen. Maybe they can go get Allen Robinson to replace DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, it's not the same, but Allen Robinson would help that offense get a little more diversity at the receiver position because all the receivers they have are little speedy guys. Will Fuller, I think, can be a wide receiver one. But he can't stay healthy. He, he needs consistency before we can even establish him as a wide receiver one. Texans offense, other than David Johnson, couldn't move the ball against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs defense is worse than the Ravens defense. So the Ravens, on the other hand, they are dominating on both sides of the ball as we expected them to. They shut the Browns down and went off on offense. I think the Ravens are going to easily win this game. I think it's going to be another big game for Lamar Jackson and company. Moving on to the Kansas City Chiefs in a divisional rivalry matchup. Traveling to Los Angeles to play in SoFi against your Los Angeles Chargers and my Los Angeles Chargers. Something I used to say on the show a lot, trying to bring that catchphrase back a little bit. How about them Chargers, by the way? Offense looked awful. <laughs> Offense looked awful. I'm be straight up honest. Um, it, it just didn't really feel like what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a lot of outlet passes to Austin Eckler. I thought we were going to see a lot of a lot of sweeps to Austin Eckler. I thought we were going to see you know a lot of stuff out of the backfield with Austin Eckler and Tyrod, but we didn't really see that much. We saw more of a downhill running game attack with Eckler and Joshua Kelly coming at the Bengals defense full speed. Maybe that's the new game plan. It was real boring to watch, but we got the win. Uh, offense just looked sluggish. It looked sluggish. Every time we would get past the 50-yard line, the drives would just shut down right there. Or we're just out of field goal range and we're you know, not quite in punt range. And it was just real frustrating, real boring to watch as far as the Chargers offense that I'm used to seeing with Phillip Rivers at the helm. I think Tyrod isn't going to make it through this season as a starter based off what I saw in week one. Uh, the only way Tyrod is going to stay a starter of this football team is if, one, we upset a team like the Chiefs this week or we upset teams like we're going to play the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the next couple weeks. If we upset one of those teams and Tyrod is the reason for it, we may see his time on the field get extended a little bit. But overall, by about week five or six, I expect to see Justin Herbert just because there's not enough spark in this offense. We need some spark. We need some go. And I think Justin Herbert can bring that about midseason to the Chargers offense. 
Defensively, though, the Chargers absolutely murdered the Bengals. Uh, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. Nothing was going well. Joe Mixon fumbled for the first time in forever. We got to Joe Burrow. <laughs> Knocked him on his butt a couple times. Joe Burrow is going to have a good time with that Browns D-line as well this week. But uh, you could see uh, the frustration from the Bengals' offense because they really couldn't do much. Uh, every time they tried to drop back, Joe Burrow was getting destroyed at all angles. And every time they handed the ball off, uh, Joe Mixon was getting destroyed at all angles. So very good to see out of the defense. Completely shut down a team, basically. And we pulled out the victory just barely. We got lucky at the end of that game that A.J. Green pushed off. Otherwise, the Chargers will be 0-1 going in to see the Kansas City Chiefs, which will probably be an 0-2. As far as the Chiefs, they're clearly still the Chiefs. I mean, there's no they haven't lost a beat from the Super Bowl to now as they just took apart a, a good playoff team last year in, in the Texans. And, yeah, they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but overall they're still a pretty good team, and it's still pretty impressive to see them dominate the way they dominate. And they're going to do it again to the Chargers. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to beat the Chargers, unfortunately. I want the Chargers to win, but in my picks, I don't think I'm going to bet on the Chargers to win uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they are going to SoFi. We'll see what SoFi looks like with Chargers colors all over it. Moving on, we're in the last two games. Sunday Night Football, the New England Patriots, who are – 1-0 with Cam Newton and without Tom Brady are going to Seattle to play the Seattle Seahawks who are 1-0 with Jamal Adams. You know, two big new additions to both teams. Jamal Adams was all over the field. Holy smokes. He showed why when he's one of the most versatile safeties in the league. He was getting after the quarterback. He was in pass coverage, getting after the running backs. Jamal Adams was all over the field, and he was a big addition to that Seattle defense. Atlanta has a good offense, and they, they pressed down the field a lot and they scored towards the end of that game but overall the Seattle defense played very well against that high powered Atlanta offense and can't really say that high powered is a word that I would use to describe the New England offense I think you see where I'm getting at it I think that New England offense is going to have a real hard time scoring consistently against the Seattle defense Jamal Adams is a perfect guy to be a kryptonite to that running game with Cam Newton because Cam's going to rely on his legs because the, the offense doesn't have a bunch of good receivers. They don't have a bunch of elite running backs. They have a bunch of guys that are put together with you know the mind of Bill Belichick trying to be the driving force of this team. And that's only going to go so far. And, yes, they beat the Miami Dolphins. Congratulations. You beat the Miami Dolphins. They're really bad. <laughs> They're really bad, especially Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, and struggling, throwing three interceptions in that game. Congratulations. You should have won that game. Anyone should have won that game. Any team, the, the Jaguars should have won that game. Okay. So any team, in the NFL should have won that game. So I'm not like jumping on the train and saying the Patriots are going to be a playoff team again. I'm not saying that I'm still sticking to my guns. They don't got enough weapons to beat good teams like Seattle and Seattle is going to beat the crap out of them on prime time in front of everyone. Sunday night football, taking Seattle Seahawks to beat the new England Patriots. Last game of the week, New Orleans Saints versus the Las Vegas Raiders, as Joe Morley would say. Joe Morley, you better take those Raiders if you're listening. You better pick the Raiders in your pick them this week. I don't want to see nothing else, but I'm not taking them. <laughs> While the Raiders did play very well last week, offense looked really good. Defense did not look so good, giving a bunch of points to an offense without a lot of firepower like the Carolina Panthers. They're too young. Monday Night Football, prime time. You're playing against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints and this dominant team who just destroyed Tom Brady on prime time last week. 
It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Uh, and while the Raiders will play tough, they will they will stay in this game. I think around the third and fourth quarter, you're gonna see the Saints take off. Overall, they're just a better team on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. But it'll be good to see Josh Jacobs on prime time, get some of these young players some exposure on prime time. Raiders fall into one and one in week two against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. Pretty easy prediction to make. So that's it. That's my picks for NFL week two pickums. Last week we went ten and six. We'll see if we can do better this week. Let's move on to topic number two. How you doing, Skip? I'm not here. Yo, yeah, yeah, you here. You right here. You right I'm across I'm not doing me. the show. Well, you know what? You can do it by yourself. No, no, no. Snoop sent me a little something for you to say, wait, give Skip one of these. Mm. It'll calm him down, <laughs> yeah. and everything will be no. okay in about 15, 20 minutes. I need one of those little things that get you up. Oh, no, I ain't yeah. got none of this. This right here, right here ain't going to get you. <laughs> this right, oh. none of this. None of this will get you up. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, how do y'all feel? How do y'all feel knowing that Mike Stradamus, that's me, I'm Mike on the mic, told you so. I'm not going to gloat too much. I wish I had a cigar like Shannon Sharp to celebrate on the show, but I said it weeks ago. I said it months ago that the Clippers were going to run out of gas in the playoffs because they have the toughest road. I predicted that it was going to be a seven-game series of the Mavericks. I predicted it was going to be a seven-game series of the Nuggets. I had the Clippers coming out and getting to the Western Conference Finals, but I expected them to be gassed, and it's happening exactly as I predicted it, honestly. I predicted the Lakers to win in four or five games, both series to start the playoffs off, and be fresh for the Western Conference Finals to play the Clippers, who had just come off of two back-to-back seven-game series against the Mavericks and the Nuggets. Before we even knew the the playoff bracket, I said Mavericks Nuggets. If they had to play those two teams, it's gonna go seven both games. And sure enough, it went seven both games. Skip Bayless didn't even want to be on the show that week, and I wish my old co-host was here so I could, you know, see him wear his mask over his eyes like Skip Bayless is on Undisputed this week. Man, what an upset pulled off by the Nuggets, man. I will say that team has a lot of heart, and when they come up into the Western Conference Finals, they're going to give the Lakers a run for their money. They're going to play hard. They're going to they're going to play at a high level that they've been playing at. Man, if they get down by three to one to the Lakers, that ain't gonna it ain't gonna have the same story that I have with the Clippers. It ain't gonna have the same story that they have with the Jazz because the Lakers have something that neither one of those teams have. The greatest basketball player. In sports right now, LeBron James will close that series out. The Lakers have been up 3-1 in back-to-back series, and they have closed it out in Game 5 in back-to-back series. While the Lakers have been dropping Game 1 to start every series, since then they sweep. So (laughs) they may lose a game to the Nuggets, but overall, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters what the Nuggets have. Lakers in 5, or Lakers in 6 maybe. Although they do match up well, I expect the Nuggets to be exhausted playing in this series. They're going to have to jump into this series after just beating the Clippers in seven games, seven hard-fought games. They had to beat the Clippers, what, three straight games to make it to this point. They had to beat the Jazz in three straight games to make it to this point. In do-or-die situations, the Nuggets are undefeated. So that could give the Lakers fits, but overall, I think the Lakers have a much better team. Anthony Davis and Jokic are going to go at it, but who is going to control LeBron James? Because while Jamal Murray's great, and he's going to put up a lot of points, it's LeBron James. Who is go- who on the Nuggets is going to step up 
and slow down the King. If the Lakers are smart, they will get the ball in LeBron James' hands. Maybe in the first game, don't show it all. Maybe in the first game, you know, mix it up a little bit, but in games two through five or six, I think LeBron dominates. I think LeBron's going to be close to triple-double every game this series. Probably 30-point triple-doubles as well. It's going to be a good series. It's going to be a good series still. But overall, it looks like my Lakers are going to be going to the finals if they can get through the Nuggets as I predict. Going over to the Eastern Conference, I'm just kind of giving a preview of the two conference finals games. Once basketball is over, this podcast is going to be shifted into mostly football. So it's good to talk about basketball while it's still going, especially with my team in the running. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. The Celtics and the the Heat are a little bit evenly matched. As you saw the last game, the first game of the series, came down to a block shot at the end of the game, and the Heat took a 1-0 lead. But overall, these two teams are going to go at it, and I can see this series going seven games. So if the Lakers can finish off the Nuggets in four or five games, they're going to be going into the to the finals, not even the conference finals. They're going to be going into the finals, probably the most rested finals team in a long time since we've seen the Warriors sweep basically the entire playoffs. We will see how it goes. But I think that the Lakers are going to win the finals this year, and I think it's getting more and more clear that that's going to happen. But who's going to come out of it between the Heat and the Celtics? And while I like the Heat's defense and their tenacity, the Celtics just have more star power than the Heat right now, in my opinion. Jimmy Butler's balling. Bam Bam is balling. But at the end of the day, Jason Tatum is a beast. They got Marcus Smart. They're going to be okay. I wish they had Gordon Hare for this series. And I think the Celtics are going to win this series in seven, which means we're going to see a Lakers-Celtics finals. How fun will that be? How fun will it be to see LeBron beat the Celtics to win his fourth title. And I saw a post today saying that if LeBron can win this finals, he will be in the conversation for the greatest of all time. I don't think I've ever conversated uh, anyone as much as I've conversated LeBron James with Michael Jordan. And one more championship will definitely add to his resume. And I don't care. I think the actual fact that we had a pandemic in the middle of the season makes it harder on a team to win the championship because they were rolling. They were doing great. And all the momentum got killed by the pandemic. And to get through that and play through that and still win the finals, I think that's more impressive than if they just would have won the finals in a regular season. Honestly, I really do. And people are going to try and put an asterisk on it just because it's LeBron. I honestly don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. There will not be an asterisk on this championship. If anything, this championship was more difficult to win than an ordinary championship, especially no home court advantage, no fans, nothing. As a one seed, the Lakers got no advantage compared to a normal season. This season was harder to win for whatever team ends up winning the finals, whether it's the Nuggets, Lakers, Celtics, or Heat. This finals was more impressive than in years past because they played through a pandemic. They risked their lives to get that championship. So whichever team ends up winning, which I hope is the Lakers, and I think it's going to be the Lakers, I'm not putting an asterisk on the championship. And if you guys try and go that low just because you're a LeBron hater, have fun. I'm not <laughs> I'm not even going to listen to your argument, to be honest, if you're saying that there should be an asterisk on this year's championship. And I know that discussion is only going to come up if LeBron wins the finals. It's just like uh, if, if the Lakers drop game one to the Nuggets, we're going to see everyone talking about the Nuggets upsetting the Lakers, and then the Lakers are going to win four straight or, or three straight and then win it in game six. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, in my opinion. I think that the Lakers have a good chance at winning the finals this year, and I'm excited for it. There's my brief basketball talk for the week. You guys know I'm not as well 
uh, knowledge in basketball. I watched most of the games, but I never played basketball myself, and I don't try and hide it. A lot of people never played sports or something, don't really know that much about the actual playing of the game, will try and hide that they don't know what they're talking about by you know coming up with all these crazy things to say and it just sounds crazy and i'll just be honest with you if i sound crazy when i'm talking about basketball it's because you probably know more about basketball than i do when we talk about football obviously that's that's more my expertise i played football i played pro football not the nfl level but i played overseas so i know a lot more about football than basketball the game itself the strategies all of that that goes into the game itself so Kind of just rooting for my Lakers here. Just kind of rooting for my Lakers. Unfortunately, they're good at the same time that I start a sports podcast. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic. I'm going to talk more football. Sorry if you're tired of the football talk, but it's NFL season. It's here. Let's go. Next topic. Final segment to close out the show. Let's talk a little bit more football and all the situations that happened in week one. And I'm basically going to lay out, is it time for the team or player or coach that I'm going to talk about to immediately hit the panic button or just relax? As Aaron Rodgers would say, relax. Panic button or relax. That's what we're going to call it. Here we go. Let's get started. Hot and heavy. Tom Brady and the Bucks fall to the new orleans saints their division rivals is it time to panic hit the panic button or is it time to relax well let's talk about it a little bit tom brady obviously moving from the patriots to the buccaneers in the offseason huge move we never thought we'd see tom brady play in another uniform we never thought that we'd see tom brady leave the patriots especially leave the patriots under his own accord you know i always thought maybe they may trade him one day and go with jimmy g when jimmy g was there but never thought I'd see Tom Brady walk away. You know what I mean? Walk away and leave for another team. And that's what he did this offseason. And they got Gronk. And they got Leonard Fournette. So, so much high expectations for the Buccaneers for the first time in a long time. Because Jameis Winston, although he wasn't the worst quarterback you ever seen, the turnover ratio killed them last year. They had a good team last year, but they turned the ball over so many times. The defense was always put in a bad position. And they're always in these high-scoring shootouts that they just kept losing every single week. So, and similar things with Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was at the helm. Lots of interceptions thrown, you know, and they're in the games every week. But ultimately, the turnovers killed the Buccaneers. So to see Tom Brady, a guy who's famously known for not turning the ball over a bunch of times, come to the Buccaneers, of course, everyone is going to get really hyped. They have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. They have probably the best tight end core in the NFL. And now they just added Leonard Fournette to their running back group. I t- Everything is laid out for them, and their defense was pretty okay last year, despite the 35 turnovers that Jameis Winston had. Holy smokes, it was tough, and if you're on that team, you're probably frustrated. And they also have a good coach in Bruce Arians, so I see the expectations for the Bucks being as high as they were. I'm not surprised by that at all, even the slightest. Well, <laughs> to see them get destroyed by the Saints like that, it wasn't even close. To see Tom Brady throw that many picks in a pick six, of course, it obviously looks a lot worse than just throwing a pick. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. I think it's time to relax. It's going to take a couple weeks for this team to gel. It's going to take a couple weeks for them to get, to get it together, especially without a preseason. They basically get zero practice. They basically get zero time to get it all together. You just threw a bunch of guys in the field that just met and told them to go out and beat 
one of the better teams in the NFL. Probably one of the best teams all around in the NFL who have been together for five years. I mean, this this has been the core for the last like five years, three three to five years. So the Saints have a good team. That that's what the Buccaneers need to look at. Now, if they go out and they lose to Carolina this week. Maybe you're hovering over the panic button at that point. Maybe you're hovering over it. But I expected them to have a slow start in the first four or five weeks of the season. Once we get to week seven, eight, nine, I think we'll see the Buccaneers start to take over, start to dominate. I think this team is definitely at least a 10-win team. I kind of haven't predicting them to be more towards 11 or 12 wins but they're going to be a high-end wildcard team the saints are obviously just too good for them to just come in and take that spot i famously predicted famously i predicted that the buccaneers will make the super bowl within the next three years i said make don't know if they're going to win because the chiefs are so good so if they see them in the super bowl can't say whether they're going to win or not i'm going to say that they will win the nfc championship with tom brady on the roster so not time to hit the panic button yet they got time to make it happen and make this Tom Brady experiment successful. <sighs> the Cleveland Browns. We talk about this every year. And they got demolished by the Ravens, by the way, last week. We talk about this every year, how much hype the Browns have going into the season. And it makes sense. They have a super talented roster. I wish Philip Rivers had the roster this roster has in his career. He never had this kind of talent. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Austin Hooper now, David Njoku, which I think I think he got hurt, but to have all these guys on the same team, Miles Garrett on defense, to have all these guys on the same team, and to continually be seven and nine or six and ten, something's wrong. They've been changing the coaching, so I don't know if it's the coaching. I've been saying it's Baker Mayfield. I usually don't like blaming the players. Very rarely do I blame the player for you know losing games. Unless you're in a situation like you are with Baker Mayfield. He just looks sloppy. He looks like he hasn't improved his mechanics at all from his rookie year. He looks like he hasn't improved his decision making at all since his rookie year. He looks like he's being carried by the guys around him. And last week, it wasn't enough. You're not going to be able to be carried as a quarterback against the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see how they do this week against the Bengals. But I'm going to say it's time to hit the panic button Cleveland. I just saw, literally just looking at my phone, just saw news break that they're shopping obj which i have been demanding since last year because they do not use obj obj is one of the best receivers in the nfl and they just don't use him send him to green bay send him to san francisco send him to anywhere send him to washington i don't care send him, send him to the rams send him anywhere other than cleveland Shoot, send him to the Steelers. How crazy would that be if he went to the Steelers? I don't think Cleveland would ever deal OBJ with the Steelers, but that would be absolutely awesome if Juju and OBJ were on the same team. Send him back to New York. Everything's changed in New York. Send him back. Danny Dimes to OBJ. I like it. With Saquon in the backfield again? Just get him out of just get him out of Cleveland, please. I love OBJ. I'm a huge Odell Beckham Jr. fan. I think he still runs some of the most crisp routes in the NFL. He's one of the fastest guys in the NFL. His IQ is going up. I could see him make IQ plays on the field, changing his route a little bit, mid-route, you know, reading defenses and running the right route at the right distance to beat the defense that he reads. It's all stuff that he didn't have in his first stint with New York. He was just pure talent, just balling out. So now he has all the pieces. Get him somewhere where he can make it show. I want to see him go to Green Bay. I highly doubt we'll see that, but OBJ out of Cleveland. It's time to hit the panic button because the Browns have another bad season. Baker should be gone <laughs> straight up. I think that's it for Baker. If they have another bad season with Baker and all this talent on offense, 
I think that either he's going to be gone or, you know, he's going to be a backup for Cleveland in the coming seasons. Maybe this season we'll see Case Keenum. Maybe we will see Case Keenum this season. That would be interesting to see. If if Case Keenum even has a little bit of success, whether Baker goes down or Baker is benched and Keenum has a little bit of success, that's it. Baker's career is over. You can just call it right there. So, yes, definitely time to hit the panic button because you can't blame the coach for the fifth straight season. You just can't do it. You can't do it. Moving on, we're going to talk about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Got blown out by the Buffalo Bills this last weekend. Not surprised because the Jets just don't have a team. They don't have a good team there. Le'Veon Bell's kind of the most talented guy, and he just got hurt. What's going on with Adam Gase? I don't know what's going on with Adam Gase. I just read that another thing I just read on my phone in one of the breaks of recording that the CEO and the manager is saying that they have all the confidence in Adam Gase to take this team to the promised land. Adam Gase is making an already bad team a toxic environment to work in. Because every single day, every single week, I hear some kind of news about drama that Adam Gase has with one of his players. Get rid of him. It's time. I don't know if Adam Gase is going to make it to midseason. I don't even know if Adam Gase is going to make it to week four. <laughs> like, I'm waiting every day to see the news that Adam Gase got fired. And whoever the offense coordinator is or defense coordinator is, is now the interim head coach. Because Adam Gase is literally breeding a toxic environment for the Jets. And it's the same problem they have in Washington. It's a similar problem they have in Jacksonville. But Washington and Jacksonville are 1-0. The Jets just got destroyed by their division rival. So, yes, it is time to hit the panic button. It's going to be a terrible season for the Jets. Maybe number one overall pick next year. They can decide whether they want to go with Sam Darnold or draft a quarterback next year. But the one thing that I do know they do need to get rid of is Adam Gase. Hit the panic button. Fire your coach. Get through this season and start your rebuild all over again because you guys were in a rebuild and you need to start that rebuild over. It's that simple. That's how bad it's gone. Not drafting the right players, not signing the right free agents, not picking the right coach. Just completely start over. Just start from the top down. Just start over. Completely start over in New York. Similar things need to happen in Jacksonville and in Washington. And you saw what Washington did. They went and got Ron Rivera and they're starting over with the with the established coach. That's what the Jets need to do. Whether they get him from college or they get him from uh, uh, NFL team get one of the coordinators, maybe that San Francisco defense coordinator or something. Eh, just you need to change the culture from the bottom. So yes, hit the panic button, get Adam Gase out of there, get the players out of there that you don't want anymore. Spread them out throughout the NFL so we can see if they're good or not. Because you can't tell if a player is good, like Sam Donald, for example, when you don't give him any weapons to throw to, and you give him a terrible coach who is also probably running the offense into the ground. So there you go. That 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 Jets hit the panic button. You should hit the panic button last season. Cowboys. The Cowboys are off to an 0-1 start after losing to the Los Angeles Rams, so you guys know I am low on. It's an interesting situation because Dallas has kind of just had disappointing season after disappointing season. They have a loaded offense, kind of like Cleveland. Their defense is good enough to keep up with most teams. The Rams just dominated them. They dominated them, um, and, and the score was close, but if you actually watch the game, the Rams won that game from start to finish. I think that we underestimated the fact that Mike McCarthy's coming in. He's an established coach. He's got to implement his own culture, his own system. And there's no preseason. The offseason was cut short. So they didn't get as much time together to work together. I think we underestimated the impact of that. So I expected the Cowboys to come out and start hot. I'm pretty sure that I was predicting the Cowboys to win the first couple of weeks and start hot and get everyone buzzed about the Cowboys. So to see them lose to the Rams, a team I'm low on, kind of slap me in the face, maybe rethink it. And I'm just saying, like, it's probably going to take a couple weeks for Mike McCarthy and Dak and this whole thing to gel together. Kind of similar situation to the Bucks. 
it is going to take maybe three or four weeks. I think less for the Cowboys and the Bucks because the Bucks had a quarterback change and basically an entire offense change. You know, the, the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy kept the offense similar to what it was. He just put his own tweaks on it, so it shouldn't take too long to get it going. I think the Cowboys win this week against the Falcons, which would be a big one for them because the Falcons aren't a slouch of a team. They're not, you know, a good team, but they're one of the better average teams. You know what I mean? So it'll be something to beat the Falcons. It will mean something. It will give us a little bit more confidence in the Cowboys. I'm going to say it's time to just relax. No one panic. Them boys are making the playoffs this year. There's an extra playoff spot. If they're a wild card, they're a wild card. But you saw what happened with Philadelphia. They were just as bad. And I'm about to talk about them next. They were just as bad as the Cowboys, maybe worse this last week. And that's their competition for that division. Although Washington is at the top right now, the only team that's 1-0. Overall, as the season goes, I don't think Washington's going to upset everyone. I don't think Washington's going to beat Dallas twice. I don't think Washington's going to beat the Eagles next time they play. So just relax. The Cowboys are still in control of their own fate right now, in my opinion. Now let's talk about the Eagles. Lost to Washington football team. After the offseason the football team had, I expected them to be awful. Because 99% of the time, when a team goes through that much off the field with Geis and the whole name change thing and Ron Rivera, you know, getting sick, it's hard to overcome all that. But to see them play the way they played, especially on defense, tenacious, aggressive, it was very impressive. I don't think they're going to be a winning team this year, but that gives me a little bit of happiness to know because I ranked them kind of high. I ranked them at the top of the worst teams in the NFL. I ranked them kind of at the higher you know, higher part of that, and I took a few step backs on that prediction, but it showed why I made that prediction because I saw all the young talent they have on that roster. They have a lot of young guys that are hungry right now to get their contract and to get this franchise turned around. Dwayne Haskins is one of them. Chase Young is now one of them. I think, you know, Fabian Moreau is one of them. Terry McLaurin is one of them. They got a bunch of dogs on that roster. Just no one's been able to get it together over like the last 10 years. Ever since RG3, just no coach or anyone has been able to get that group together until now. Ron Rivera is going to get them together. And I don't think they're going to be great this year. I think it's going to take a couple years. But the rebuild has started. And you saw how young or how talented this young core is against the Eagles this week. And while the Eagles had a terrible game, I think they just took their foot off the gas. I really think that's what happened. They were up 17-0 in this game and just took the foot off the gas and started to just soften up, think they were just going to walk all over this football team, <laughs> pun intended. And they got a rude awakening that this is the NFL and that in the NFL, you don't take your foot off the gas or the momentum can switch in a, in a second and a team could take off on you. Any team in the league can take off on you like that. Even the Jets could take off on you like that if you take your foot off the gas because it's NFL talent. It is no joke. And the Eagles have been woken up to that. I still think the Eagles are going to win that division. I think the Eagles are going to recover. So, panic button or relax. I'm going to say Philadelphia, the fans of Philadelphia, everyone, Carson Wentz, relax. Get some practice in. Fix the O-line. Figure out who your starters are going to be. Get into it next week and play better. That's it for topic three. Let me know what you guys think. Here comes the cheap plug of the episode. Let me guys what you let me know what you guys think on the Instagram page at Mike on the Mic Pod. One more time. At Mike on the Mic Pod. You can message me. You can comment. I'm probably gonna post clips. Whatever you want to do. Let me know what you think. If these teams, players, coaches should hit the panic button 
or just relax. Episode 7 is in the books. Thanks for tuning in again as always. Special thank you to my wife Rosemary for the brand new microphone. What do y'all think? I feel like it sounds pretty good from the little bit that I've been able to listen to as I record. Super awesome to have this uh, microphone. It's super awesome to have her as a wife. Happy anniversary. Little applause. Little applause. Anyways, thanks for tuning in. Ask you a big favor. Just stop for a second. It helps my show out a lot, especially if you're a new listener. Follow us if you enjoyed it. I'm sure you did if you're at, if you're at this point in the show. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever podcast platform you're listening to. It really helps me get the episode to you. There is Instagram. There is Facebook. There's TikTok now. I'm on TikTok. There's ways for me to announce that there's an episode out, but you might miss it. And if you're following us on the, the podcast platform, it will alert you whenever I drop an episode. So there's no way you're going to miss it. And you can save the episode for later or you can listen to it right then and there, whatever you want to do. Um, it definitely helps me out and it helps you out to get the show to your ears. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. And I'm going to close this show out always as I do each week with a inspirational quote or just a quote from sports in general. And this week's quote is going to be, you have to believe in your process. You have to believe in the things you are doing to help the team win. That is a quote from Tom Brady. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Enjoy football this weekend. I know I will. Do you like this music? Do you like this music? I love this music. I just got to say, my old pal Renee, former co-host of the show, has a beat tape out. Go find that tape at RC Productions on Facebook or Instagram, as well as the person that produces the lines for the intro, at Phil Flames. You can find him at Phil Flames on Instagram or on Facebook as well. Fair warning, beware, beware. I'll smack him in the mouth.